There is this fantastic Russian novel called Loris, which tells the fictional life story of a, of a medieval Russian healer, doctor, who then becomes something of a holy fool, someone who spurns society's norms for Christ's sake, and finally, in old age, he becomes a Russian Orthodox monk. One of, my, one of my favorite parts in this book is when this man goes on pilgrimage to Jerusalem. He and a friend join a caravan which travels on horseback from Russia to Poland to Austria through the Swiss Alps to Venice, where they catch a ship and set sail for the Holy Land. It's a long, hard, difficult journey, one fraught with danger. They are attacked twice and robbed. Uh, they deal with harsh weather, storms on the sea, a somewhat crazy captain of the boat, uh, hostile locals, um, and not everyone makes it alive to Jerusalem. And then, of course, there's an equally long, arduous return journey. This type of pilgrimage, it's quite the contrast from the pilgrimage I, pilgrimages I've been blessed to go on in my life. For example, I, I, within the last 12 months, I've been blessed to go to the Holy Land a couple of times as a chaplain for two different pilgrimages. And each time, the most difficult part of the journey is, you know, I'm just jammed into seat 55C or whatever for the 12-hour-long flight. You know, I mention these pilgrimages because today we celebrate the Ascension, a feast which, which marks the definitive entrance of Jesus' humanity into God's heavenly do domain. All right, And today's feast day, it's a reminder that our true home is not this life, but in heaven. Uh, in other words, it's a reminder for us that this life is a, is a mere pilgrimage towards our true homeland of heaven, but it's a pilgrimage uh, much more like the one described in Loris, uh, and experienced by medieval pilgrimages, uh, excuse me, by medieval pilgrims. The road to heaven, it's not a comfortable, easy one, but an arduous one, and one fraught with spiritual dangers. Why is it a hard road for heaven, a hard road to heaven, so to speak? Well, first, we must realize that heaven is not a crown we can win by our effort alone, by our natural power unaided. Put, put it simply, we need God's grace to go to heaven. God's sanctifying grace is a share in his own nature, which elevates us so that we can truly be his friends, so that we can live in an intimate and unceasing communion with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, the Catholic apologist Frank Sheed came up with this analogy, and I, I think it's really uh, spot on. You know, he likened uh, living the life of heaven to visiting another planet, say Mars. If you or I were to visit Mars it, without the proper equipment, it would be lethal, right? Our nature is not suited to live the life, uh, to live life on Mars, right? We can't breathe, we would freeze, you know, we would need some kind of spacesuit to keep us warm and breathing, something external to our nature. Well, so it is with heaven. To live the life of heaven, we need something external to our nature, and that something is sanctifying grace. Uh, and the ordinary means for us to attain this grace is through the sacraments Christ instituted, right? At baptism, this supernatural life of grace is given to us, and it's strengthened in, at confirmation, nourished in the Eucharist. Uh, if it's weakened or, or broken in, by sin, it's, it's restored in the sacrament of reconciliation. It sounds simple, and if this was the only difficulty in getting to heaven, the fact that we needed grace, well, then maybe it wouldn't be so difficult. But, but don't be 
deceived. It, it is simple, but it's not easy. I mean, after all, we have an enemy who St. Peter tells us is like a roaring lion prowling, a prowling roaring lion looking for prey to devour. Then we ourselves are besieged by temptation. We live in a world that tells us that our true homeland is right here, right now, that happiness is found by indulging our every desire or by material possessions or popularity. And if we think about it, the ascension of Christ itself would seem to pose a further difficulty for Jesus has truly ascended into heaven beyond the limits of time and space, right? I mean, he's seemingly abandoned us. Yet, nothing could be further from the truth. As he says in our gospel, he's with us always until the end of the age. Even though he ascends into heaven, um, he has not left us orphaned. As he says in the gospel of John, if I don't go, then I can't send the spirit. But if I go... I am going to send the Spirit, and he is going to dwell now with you. I am not going to leave you orphaned. Next week, we shall celebrate Pentecost, right? The sending of the Holy Spirit by the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, guides the church in all truth. Uh, The Holy Spirit is the sanctifier who makes us holy, who transforms us into the saints God created us to be. We'll talk more about this, obviously, next weekend, but... Uh, you know, just look at the apostles, the transformation the apostles underwent. The Holy Spirit is given so that that transformation can happen in us all, for God has created all of us to be saints, to be uniquely, uh, to be a unique saint. And on top of this, Christ is still really present with us. He tells us where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst, And even more than that, he is still really, truly, and substantially present to us in the Eucharist. You know, when Christ walked the earth, he was uh, bound by space and time, right? If you lived in, say, Asia, say, well, I guess technically Israel is in Asia, in in the uh, Middle East or whatever. But let's say you lived in modern-day Japan in the first century. Right? Christ never went to modern-day Japan. You would have had no chance of interacting with him unless you, for some reason, came to Galilee or Jerusalem. But now, in the Eucharist, Christ isn't limited in that way, and, and he can, he's really, truly, and substantially present in all tabernacles throughout the world. You think about it, it's impossible for most of us to have a sit-down with uh, an important world leader, with royalty. But all we need to have a a sit down with the King of Kings is to go into a church, a Catholic church with the tabernacle and that red light on, uh, and we are in his presence. You know, um, one of the titles for the Eucharist is food for the journey, food for our journey to our true homeland of heaven. Christ, he doesn't leave us orphaned. He doesn't ask us to make this pilgrimage alone. He is with us always until the end of the age in the Eucharist. And he promises to send the Holy Spirit to guide and strengthen us along the way. In this week before Pentecost, let us pray for the grace to be docile to the Holy Spirit and ever more devoted to the Most Holy Eucharist so that we can hurry along the pilgrim's way to our true homeland of heaven.